Welcome today to the Collaborative Challenge podcast. Uh, luckily today we have um, Deborah Britz who's come in to talk about her role as supervisor on the Collaborative Challenge. Um, and Deborah, welcome to the Collaborative Challenge podcast. Hello, um, my name is Deborah Britz. Um, I've been working in the fashion industry since um, I was quite young, I guess. Um, started at home with sewing and um, lots of people in my family who were tailors, dressmakers, milliners, etc. So there was always somebody there to teach me how to use a sewing machine or teach me how to cut a pattern or how to press something properly, um, how to trim it or whatever. Um, and I also had, a, I guess, an active imagination. Um, even from a age of about 10, I was chopping my clothes up and making them into something else. And um, very early got into uh, buying secondhand clothes, charity sh shops and jumble sales and making things from those, which led to me actually selling secondhand clothes in market stores like Covent Garden and Camden. Um, I then started making stuff from um, the lovely old curtains and bedspreads and things that I was coming across. So I had lots of lovely sort of 50s and 60s kitchen curtain patterns which I could make into very pretty skirts and sell and lovely uh, sort of 30s bedspreads which made the most beautiful gowns and um, very sort of long droopy dresses that um, were quite popular in the 70s. So um, leading on from that I um, teamed up with a, a friend who'd just graduated from uh, Central School of Art and Design as it was then called um, she had studied textiles, so between us, we started um, creating our own collections and again selling them in Camden and to stores. And through working at Camden, we met up with some other like-minded individuals and we set up a shop in something called Kensington Market, which was quite a famous um, outlet for everything uh, that was a bit different. And we also opened a shop somewhere called Hyper Hyper, which was actually opposite. So both on Kensington High Street. Um, and that was a great time um, and led me into all sorts of other things. Um, so I've worked in fashion PR. I've worked in art, uh, contemporary art, sales, things like that. Um, I've also worked in forecasting and also in fashion show production. And so I think I've worked most London Fashion Weeks for about uh, 25 years, something like that. I, I was one of the founding members of staff at Graduate Fashion Week. So I worked with them for about 10 years and then went on to continue doing shows and galas and all sorts of things. So um, my experience in the industry uh, would be called a, a portfolio career, which means I have done a lot of different things, but they all feed into one another. And I think that's a really the point is that you can't necessarily plan, say, this is my career path. This is what I'm hoping to do. It's not like becoming a doctor. Um, it's um, taking opportunities as they arise, getting the most out of it and enjoying it, I think, for the most part. Um, being self-employed, I, I guess you have to learn to say no in the end, but um, like most self-employed people, I probably say yes to a lot of things I know nothing about, but then work out how to do it. I've been working at um, LCF and CSM for the last 
15 something years. I, I don't know exactly when I started, but I started at Central St Martins and I've, uh, I've combined the two for a while and, and now I mainly work at uh, LCF, which is lovely. And I've been involved with the Collaborative Challenge over the last five years. So that's been a really interesting, probably a challenge for me too, in some terms. Um, I've done some really interesting projects. Some of the students have really grasped what they've got to do in the short time available, really made the most of it. I think others find it harder, but we'll all probably look back and go, actually, I did learn a lot. So it's quite an exciting thing to do. It can be a bit scary um, working with people you don't know, trying to work out how you work and how they work and how you can get the project completed satisfactorily for all of you. Um, how, how to deal with those people who actually don't seem to put in as much work, but probably seem to claim most of it, um, all that kind of thing. It's all a challenge, but um, it's certainly something you're going to come up against when you're working. Um, I've worked the last um, series of projects. There was a company called The Modern Mirror, which was um, a really nice project to work on because it, it sort of brought a few of my previous skills or current skills together. So we were talking about models and scanning and using, you know, um, sort of VR models and all that sort of thing. So that was quite a nice uh, dovetailing of my information that I could bring to the, the table um, and give the students who were part of those projects contacts within the industry to talk to so they could interview people and get other views. Um, so that was really useful. And I guess as a supervisor on Collaborative Challenge, I think I probably sometimes learn as much as, as the students do. But what I can do is bring ideas or suggestions and, and also listen to when somebody is upset or struggling or as a group, they're not coming together. And also I can save you perhaps from going off on a tangent and uh, wasting a time and actually ensuring that you, you get a product at the end of it, i.e. a presentation or whatever it is that you have to achieve and actually ensuring that at the end of the project you, you're satisfied that you've, you've done a good job. Um, great practice for when you go into industry. I think that's the biggest part of it. This is something you'll, you'll repeat again and again and this is a good start. Yeah, no, it absolutely is. And and thank you so much for um, relaying all that information. Uh, it's an incredible um, skill set that you have. And I can't think, I mean, I can't imagine how lucky the students are to have you as their supervisor. I'm just wondering, um, when, when you think about um, the dynamics of the team, are you quite wary of the first time you meet them in Consultancy One? Are you quite... Um, like, do you have an approach or do you just listen for a while and just see where they're all sitting? I'm just wondering, in what way do you begin your role as the supervisor? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is to sort of almost ensure we're all communicating well. And, and that involves me listening and them telling me what they think. So approaching the brief, talking about what they think it is and how they're going to maybe approach it. Um, and also listening to what they have so that they hear what each other has to bring to the table. And I think that's really important because it's really easy to sort of get, oh, this person's studying 
shoe design or this person's doing strategic fashion marketing, but they may already have done a degree in fashion design or architecture or who knows what. So it's really important to listen and get them listening to what each one of them has got um, and getting a feel for the group and the team and also ensuring that they all understanding what they've got to achieve. And obviously, you know, housekeeping, like running through dates and what they're expected to do and, and encouraging them basically to, you know, meet up as often as they can, um, be flexible and, and make the most of it and point out, I guess, that this is the beginning of a really good network for them to use, you know, maybe for the rest of their lives. Yeah, it's funny. I do say that. I, I definitely instill that sense of, you know, you never know. You might you might build a company at the end of this. Um, mm. You might find all the skill sets or some of the skill sets that you can, that you will, you know, that you rely on in, in the future. Um, because I do yeah. think um, that is that is the essence of the collaborative challenge is that we're reminding them of the power of the team and yes. the the sense of industry is filled with teamwork and and also I, I wonder if you want to say something about the difference so these we always see the MA students as in a partnership with us um, and I think yeah, that's the yeah. difference between a BA and an MA do you would you agree with that yeah I, I don't see myself as necessarily their, their teacher as such you know it's not that's not my role my role is to just kind of facilitate and make sure that this this project happens is one thing but also try and get them to get as much out of it as they can. If I can provide them with a, a contact or a suggestion, that's great. Otherwise, I'm, I'm kind of there just to oversee things and, and see that that they, you know, get as much out of it as, as is possible. Um, and that they enjoy it at the end of the day and see perhaps they've challenged themselves to something they wouldn't normally do, or perhaps they've just reaffirmed that, yes, this is an area they're really interested in. Uh, this is how they, you know, maybe like to go forward or this is the kind of work they'd like to do in future. So it can, it can act on all sorts of levels. Thank you. And I, I think that's absolutely true. It's funny because I spend a lot of time saying, you know, collaboration is filled with some very small instances and very like one sentence or, you know, and an interaction and and I think the reason why we call it the collaborative challenge is because one, it definitely is a challenge, but also collaboration is filled with this space that is very loaded and lovely and exciting. And it's quite hard to keep track of all those of what that engagement is doing to you, both professionally and personally. And really, at the end of the collaborative challenge, students have to write a 2000 word reflective statement about all those relationships and instances. Um, do you sort of remind them of that task at the end? We do talk about it and I, and I try and urge the students to attend all the extra um, classes that are available to support that as well. Um, from sort of academic writing, etc. But it's to really understand the kind of writing, because it may be quite different to what they've done in their previous um, university or institution. And it, it's a really useful start to get them going for their MA, because it, it's going to be a similar academic approach that they're going to need to take. So this is a great opportunity to get um, yeah, to get some practice in. And some people are very used to doing this and, and it's fine. But, you know, some people it's going to be a little bit more of an eye opener, depending on whether how practical perhaps their previous um, degree was. 
so it, it's vital that um, you know they take this this that bit quite seriously because ultimately that is the bit that gets marked as well. Yeah, and and luck, you know, now the product will be, um, or the service, or the um, a part of the um, project brief now is that they will be doing presentations, and so what they have come up with and the types of innovative problem solving they have found or produced uh, will now be taken into consideration within the within the assessment. I think that's important, and I think you know. Funnily enough, presentation and, and public speaking is another thing that I've done quite a lot of teaching in. So it's definitely something I I try and help them with um, in the limited time we have. But, you know, I, I can give them a few shortcuts and and can't stress enough um, practice, practice, yeah. practice, practice. That, yeah. That's the biggest thing that makes for a successful presentation. Even if your presentation is full of rubbish, you could get away with it if you do it with confidence. Perhaps I shouldn't have said that. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I, I totally agree. I really do. I mean, I, I think about. I was best woman at someone's wedding once, and my God, did I practice! I practiced yes, like yes, no yes, because tomorrow. Because you were going to be entertaining a, a room full of people. Yeah, and uh, and, and what a room they were. Well, yeah, don't take it on. Almost isn't it? It's, yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's, it's really important. Yeah, and I also think students are so proud of the work that they produce that sometimes that nervousness is just to do with, you know, pride and excitement, which is just lovely for us to see. Uh, I think you and I both agree. Uh, we are so, um, I don't know, I mean, I, I'm so jealous of the projects half the time and just wish I was on them. And yeah, I can't thank you enough for explaining and just reiterating those points um, as a supervisor. Occasionally, the products are, uh, sorry, projects are really good introduction into a company. You know, if, um, yeah. if they can do exceptionally well with some of them um, and use that in, in the future to maybe get work experience. I've had people do that, or um, or maybe a job down yeah. the line. Yeah, and so I do think they're building a reputation with with each other and and you know in the industry. And boosting their own confidence, and that's really important because I think yeah. that's one of the biggest things I see lacking. Is, yes, um, is the confidence to go out there, um, and and not in a, in a nasty sort of demanding way, but just in an assured way that yes, you know, I deserve to be here as much as the next person. Yeah, and I can't thank you for being here. <laughs> really, it's been really, really very helpful, and I'm sure the students will, you know, listen to this and feel on safer ground um but thank you so much deborah for coming in and explaining um that's a pleasure your role. i look forward to the next cohort